Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys, ages five, three, and two. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 11, 9, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Hey, everybody. This is Terilyn here, and I have a special guest today on the podcast. I have Robin Davis here. She is one of my favorite people in the world who just also happens to be an expert on something that I'm super pumped to teach you guys, for her to teach you guys about today. So just let me just introduce her a little bit. Uh, Robin has been a fitness professional, fitness teacher, trainer, coach, all the things. all the things. (laughs) For 20 years, she's taught tons of different classes, but she is one of my yoga teachers. So that's how I... It actually surprised, not surprising me knowing your personality that you've taught a bunch of different things, but it surprised me how good you are at teaching yoga. I would have thought that was like your only mm. thing. Like you're so good. I mean, she's so good, guys. I wish you could all come to her yoga class. And at the beginning of her yoga classes, she actually always does a little uh, philosophy, life coaching, delve into our brains. And I love it so much. Anyway, so that's part one of the many things she's good at. She's also been a massage therapist for 20 years, has been one of her many passions, is the human brain and human nature, and so she's been studying that for also, I mean, decades, and she currently is a certified life coach through the Life Coach School, and I love talking to Robin because her brain is just so hungry for more. Right now, she's actually continuing her education by going through the advanced coach training through the life coach school right she has six kids and a husband who is the love of her life which i love it as i was writing down her bio she's (laughs) like it's important to know that he is also the love of my life because husbands can or cannot be depending on your situation and so i love it that he is both to you (laughs) so romantic thanks so we're so excited to have her on today and i'm just so thrilled to have you guys even just be able to see listen to her beautiful heart and hear the wisdom that she has to share with us because it's fantastic. So just to keep in line with our normal routine, we're going to both share a face palm or a high five, and then we're going to delve right in to what she's going to teach us. Specifically, she's going to walk us through what's called the model through the Life Coach School, which is something that I have loved for years and have applied in my own life many times, but I'm not actually certified in it. So I'm thrilled that you have the actual like official education to teach us. So I'll start. Mine is a, it's kind of a facepalm. It's a facepalm. Yeah, uh, let's say it's a facepalm, but it's kind of a high five. (laughs) So I hope, guys, I really thought about if this is worthy to share with you guys because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So I apologize ahead of time if I'm going to hurt your feelings. But we have little robins, like we had little robins. Little robins? Yeah, outside of our house. And we watched the mom build the nest. We heard the babies, you know, they were born. There was three babies. We watched them. One of them jumped out maybe like a week too early. You know, we have those little things where you can look at the pictures, how old they are. So he was just a little too early. We named him Vivaldi. 
put him back in his nest and he stayed for another week. Things are going like we're, we're like invested in these baby robins, right? Like we're loving them. Well, about a week ago, we hear I'm like leaving my house and I hear the mom robin just like freaking out. And earlier that day, we had been playing in the yard and seen this huge gopher snake. It was like four, four and a half feet long, which is like the height of my 11 year old. And my kids had seen it. They came because I told them, if you ever see a snake, make sure you come and get me so that I can identify it for you to make sure it's not like a rattlesnake or something. And I identified it and was like, it's not poisonous. Like it's part of the ecosystem. And guys, I'm an animal lover. Like I take spiders outside. Like <laughs> I don't even, I mean, anyway. So just as I just want to put that out there that I do love animals and I do, I was fine with the snake. Like I actually like snakes. They eat other things in our yard. So I'm like, live and let live. Welcome to our yard, snake. <laughs> well, as we're leaving that night to take my son on a date, I hear the mommy robin just like freaking out. And I look over and the snake, the gopher snake had climbed the tree and was in the process of a baby robin <gasps> in its mouth. It's like hanging over the nest and it's wrapped all the way around. And the mommy robin's just like freaking out, trying to jump on it, but it's not, it doesn't care. Well, it's not even jumping on it. She's like jumping around, like around him, trying to like scare him off. And guys, I don't know if this was the right decision, but I was attached to these baby robins. And so <laughs> I like yell into my daughter. I'm like, get the machete. <laughs> so she goes, grabs a machete. You I have a machete. I have a machete that I love. I like have a strange, I went to Peru as a teenager oh on a humanitarian trip and they all had machetes and I thought it was like the coolest thing in the rainforest. So yeah, I have a machete. I hike with the machete. You know, you just never know when you're going to need a machete. This is the first time I've ever actually used the machete in like a situation like this. Everything else has been Real like, oh, there's survival. Some, some burrs that I need to cut down while I'm hiking or something. So I get a ladder out. I'm like putting up the ladder. My daughter's like, go faster, mommy, go faster. It's eating the baby. And I'm like, I know I'm, you know, I'm going as fast as I'm trying to like calm it, you know, like going as fast as I can. <laughs> Anyway, I get up. I chop the snake, guys. I, like, full bull and, like, like I kill the snake. <laughs> chop its head off. And the other, the one baby died. I didn't think it had died because the other one had jumped out. Anyway, but it did. It had died. But the other two were safe. And my neighbor, who was out and saw me trying to put up the ladder and, like, came and helped me put up the ladder, after he was like, you know, that was pretty awesome and mighty of you to watch, but I'm also a little scared of him now. <laughs> a little bit scared and my husband who's terrified of snakes was like i would have not even mentioned to anybody that even happened to be like oh all the birds are gone i don't know how that happened oh my gosh you're like lara croft the so tomb raider it was intense guys it was so intense <laughs> so i don't know like i feel bad even saying that if somebody's offended by the fact that i killed the snake i just want to say i love snakes i just don't like them when they kill my baby robins but yeah it was intense and it was so funny to see all my kids reactions my one daughter she was like, she was like, mommy, mommy, hurry. You know, the snake, the baby bird's dying. She ran inside and she couldn't even handle it. Then my three-year-old is like, get it, mommy, get it. <laughs> you know, like totally loving it. So every personality is totally different. And then later that week, this is like the most dramatic baby Robin story of my life. Later that week, one of the ones that had lived that we like put back up. Now it's at this point had jumped back out. It's a fledgling, which fledglings are very vulnerable. I hear the mom Robins again. Well, the mommy robin, like squawking just like that again. I'm inside my house. And I'm like, okay, I got you. I hear what you're, I hear you. What's happening this time? I go out and this is, this time it was a cat mauling it, but we saved the baby. We actually took it in and it got a splint. 
and it's okay. So, anyway, this wow. has been the most dramatic, like, keeping baby robins alive in my life. And so. being a robin, I completely appreciate it. <laughs> I can feel like this story could be more appropriate. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. There's my intense story. I hope everybody's okay with my actions there, but it was, wow, it was intense. My heart rate's up because I don't know whether it's because of the welcome and all the sweet compliments or because of the story or both. That was, was that was really exciting. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there and you go. And I'm so impressed by you. Way to go. Or scared. Yeah. Like my or neighbor. Or scared. Yes. <laughs> he calls me the snake slayer Respectfully now. Respectfully <laughs> scared. He's like, he's like, I have learned not to mess with you. And these are my new neighbors, guys. The guy just moved in a month ago. <laughs> so they're like, who is this woman? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so what's your uh, high five or facepalm, Robin? Uh so mine is seriously my high five is I have always wanted to do a podcast and here I am getting to be on a podcast with one of my favorite conversationalists Terilyn um when she came to my yoga class and we have this like she was mentioning an inspiration conversation because yoga is more about the mind than it is the body so we like to spend some time on that as soon as she opened her mouth to contribute, I was like, I'm in love with your brain. Who are you? Why is it taking you so long to be in my life? And we, I told you this, I pick you as my new best friend. <laughs> as soon as I listen to how you think and the way you express yourself and your heart. And then we did an acro class together. And I was like, you are my mini me 15 years younger. Like you are all the same things that I am and which is actually giving me a huge compliment and an ego boost but um we just resonate so well so how perfect that I get to have a conversation with you that you know of course the whole world's gonna enjoy because I'm sure you're so popular <laughs> well that's so kind Robin and when she told me she told me like in our acro class she's like you're like the same as me I was like that's the best compliment I've ever had in my life <laughs> anyway so I feel the same way about you, Robin. We could just sit and bear a testimony about each other. <laughs> I love it. We actually met, guys, we met yesterday to do this, and like an hour and a half went by, and we hadn't even started recording. <laughs> we're like, because we were, couldn't stop we're just talking. chatting. <laughs> anyway, so now we're actually to the recording part, and I'm so excited to hear the more official part of this beautiful wisdom that you're going to give us. So, first, introduce us. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Life Coach School, I mean, I've It'll sound vaguely familiar to some of you because it's a, there's some teaching in it that applies to kind of everything we ever talk about on this podcast, but um, there is a specific model that I just love. It's like a step-by-step, walk us through that. Teach us I, about it. Yeah, I call it the owner's manual for being a human on mm. the planet. I love it. Who knew we had an owner's manual? Because I thought we were just supposed to be winging this. But um, what it does is it kind of tells you the way I like to describe it is it's like life math. And it takes, I think, there's life math and then there's life drama. Mm. When we compare it down to life math, then we can filter out all the life drama and we can really start to use that math, like a math problem, like to solve for our problems mm. and to calculate our results and to make everything add up on our favor. So... 
I really love it. So oh, I'll, I love that. Yeah. It's, and did you come up with that analogy or is that Brooke Castillo? Um, when she calls it the monu- the ma- uh, the manual, it kind of was like, oh, yeah, it's the owner's manual. Oh, I love for that. For life. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So actually, cool. she doesn't call it the manual. She calls it the model. Um, but that's kind of how I see it. Hmm, I love it. The manual. Um, she doesn't call it that. She actually has her own concept called the manual, which would be another fun one to discuss another day. Mm-hmm. But she calls it the model. And um, it's all kinds of philosophies. Byron Katie, heavily inspired by Byron Katie, if you are familiar mm-hmm. with her. Because didn't Brooke Castillo, who was the founder of the Life Coach School, I want to make sure we're all you know, giving credit where credit's due there. She was, that was one of the first books, Byron Katie's book that like really inspired her, right? Yes. And I Same love with me. Byron Katie. Yes. So when I was searching for mm-hmm. um, life coaching certification, as soon as I found out who her, t- her teachers were, they're my teachers. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, then yes. I definitely, yes. um, I wanted to get a degree in psychology or social work or something, but I wanted to teach what I taught. I just wanted the degree. Mm-hmm. I wanted the, what yeah. I had learned to use it. Well, she, that's where her learning is from. Plus, she has a psychology degree. And so, fantastic source. Anyways, um, when she taught me the model, it was heavily inspired by Byron Katie, heavily inspired by Abraham, heavily inspired by Joe Dispenza, who is a brain scientist. And so, that's all my passions put together Love in it. one. And um, so, let me walk you through the model. And the reason she calls it the model is because this is kind of how life works. It seems remedial when I explain it to you at the beginning, but it's not because you're going to think, I already know this. But actually, you don't. Your math that you've been taught is probably not a one plus one equals two, mm-hmm. it's probably. I thought one plus Mm -hmm. one equals two, but actually I'm skipping a step. So let's talk about it. Um, So the way it starts is we define what the circumstance is that happened. The circumstance is always a fact. And the way we know it's a fact is if we had an unopinionated video camera watching the circumstance unfold, we would be able to see and hear the facts of it. Hmm. Now, humans who would observe this have our opinions we have our perspectives Mm -hmm. we have our programming we have a way of seeing it Mm -hmm. and every human is going to have a different perspective Mm -hmm. based on their model of the world their background their belief systems and so we can never trust opinions to be facts we don't trust you know, adjectives to be facts. Mm-hmm. So we want to pare down the circumstance to a fact and we'll know it's a fact if we all feel neutral about mm-hmm. it. Yes. If it still triggers an emotion, mm-hmm. it's not quite, we haven't pared it down enough to be just the facts, Jack. Mm-hmm. So once we do that part, then we get to see, okay, these are the facts of the situation. Now, what was my thought about that? Because this is where it all happens. Mm-hmm. This is where the magic and the drama and the cause. Mm-hmm. So yes. as a life coach, we want to affect the cause of the problem, which will always be a thought. So all problems are thought problems. Mm-hmm. They're not circumstance problems. Mm-hmm. Because the circumstance just is. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with Byron Katie... 
that's what we look at is we look at reality is what reality is and mm-hmm. when we ask it to be something different we suffer mm-hmm. we lose but only 100% of the time <laughs> she says <right>? yes <laughs> and so when we get to see the thought how we perceive the circumstance that is where we can affect the change yes which is liberating guys i mean do you find with your clients that it's diff- most people think that the circumstances and their thoughts are together and they can't be separated. But it's liberating to realize that they, they actually are two separate things. It's so, oh, it's so exciting. And when we do our um, little model together for you, part of that is I'm gonna download your thoughts on paper. I'm just gonna write a few down that you, you know, these sentences that are in your head. And then we get to play this game called Tell Me If It's a Thought or a Fact. And mm. you'll be surprised how you're like, wait, that's not a fact? That's a thought. Yes. Sure does feel facty. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it is very eye opening. So then when we have a thought, immediately we have a feeling. So I always like to say the thought walks in the door first, but it's holding hands with the feeling. They mm-hmm. come together. Yes. A feeling does not happen without a thought. Mm-hmm. This is where people. There's so much um, misunderstanding about where feelings come from mm-hmm. or what a feeling even is. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. So the thought creates the feeling. The feeling is actually an emotion. Emotions are an effect of the chemical dump that happened in our brain because of the thought. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So if I think something, my brain is like, oh, let's mix up a cute little cocktail an elixir and we're gonna flood that into the body so the body knows what it's thinking Mm, mm -hmm. that's how we know we have so many thoughts Mm. every day 60,000 thoughts how could we possibly pay attention to that that's why our big brain on the forebrain puts all of those thoughts usually in the back brain so it doesn't have to be regulating the thoughts it's too Mm. much to focus on so it gives us this gift called our emotions and then when we have a negative emotion it's very very apparent Mm -hmm. right so our emotions are this little guidance system saying hey if this doesn't feel good look up look to your thoughts this is where it's coming Mm -hmm. from so the emotion is sensed in the body as a chemical dump or a vibration Mm -hmm. so if I had a thought that made me feel sad then my body is going to experience a physical create a physical manifestation Mm -hmm. or symptoms of that emotion so if I paid attention to what I'm feeling from my chemical dump in my body Mm -hmm. I would feel I'm sad I feel my eyes are watering I feel constricted in my throat I feel I'm crying Mm -hmm. I feel um, a little buzzy I feel a pit in my stomach. Mm-hmm. These are sensations in my body. But mm-hmm. when I ask people, what does this emotion feel like in your body? They'll say, I feel lonely. I feel oh, despair. I feel, and I'm like, okay, that's another thought. But what is it that your body is experiencing? Mm-hmm. Because when we can see that it's just the facts of what our body is creating for us, we realize Oh, well, I'm experiencing all the sensations I just told you about. And then I ask him, okay, so on a pain level, 
in your body from one to 10. One being, I don't even feel anything in my body to 10. I am in so much physical pain. I cannot think or concentrate on anything else. This mm-hmm. is what the doctors use to mm-hmm. find your physical pain. Mm-hmm. Obviously, even the most dramatic thought in the body, the chemical elixir that's dumped is like a one and a half, two. Like, I feel a little restriction in my throat. My heart rate's up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm hot. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So we realize this is actually not hurting me at all. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. quite the benign feeling. Mm-hmm. Right? Even Isn't, though we hate it. We yeah. hate those negative feelings. Well, what's interesting is we take these but, negative mm-hmm. feelings and we avoid them at all costs. Mm-hmm. We resist them. Yeah. We run away from them. We, we numb will do, them. Numb them. Mm-hmm. We will do anything not to feel negative emotion. It's mm-hmm. so true. When if we could just feel it, we would realize this is what I've been stuffing my face. This is what I've been like drinking alcohol for my, you know, since I was 12 over. Like this is what I've been avoiding. It doesn't even hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beautiful things about emotions are they're there on purpose. We are feeling beings. We are meant to feel. This is a feeling universe. Our feelings are our greatest gift for our guidance system. They are, they are our lessons. They are here to teach us something. They are here to tell us something. So just for a quick example, I life coached a woman who went on an HCG diet. Um, so she was taking the pregnancy hormone to lose weight, and she couldn't drink any alcohol. Mm-hmm. And when she stopped drinking alcohol, she realized I cannot be with my husband sober. Oh, wow. Hadn't been with, able to be with him sober for 10 years. That is the only reason their marriage lasted Hmm. was because she was always inebriated. She couldn't let herself feel what she needed to feel. Hmm. Right? And that's kind of an extreme example. But once she stopped drinking and stopped buffering her negative emotions, she really had to face what her life was and make some decisions. And she's more than happy now Hmm. right those negative and that's not like your negative decisions mean a divorce it means there's some situations here that we actually need to address there's some conversations we actually really need to have that's life it sounds like you're saying it means seeing clearly Right? Yes. Because if you can't see it clearly, then you don't even know how to get through it. Yes. Just like any emotion you keep stuffing down, you can't get through it until you... I always say lean lean into it as one of my like yes. mottos of life. You feel it and you want to run away and you want to close off, but it never... It doesn't go away that way. No. And you can't see clearly or no. live freely. So you just have to... It's just a matter of leaning into it. And it's actually almost always way less painful than I think it's going to be. Yes. And I love that you mentioned that. And Byron Katie says that too. The reality is always way kinder than the drama of our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Reality isn't as dramatic as our thoughts are. So interesting. And when we actually step up into our worst possible imaginings, we find that Man, I totally survived that. In fact, I mean, growth is the cost of discomfort, right? So 
that's what our feelings are there to serve us for, to help us grow, to help us evolve, to help us go to that next challenge. And so feelings are such a gift. And I like to use this analogy. It's huge. When you try to resist your feelings, it's kind of like you're holding a beach ball underwater. Mm. And you know how when you hold a beach ball underwater, it's hard. It's taking a lot of energy from mm-hmm. you and you're mm-hmm. not going to win. Mm-hmm. Eventually, mm-hmm. it's going to take over and you're going to have you're going to wear out and usually and then, hit in the face. <laughs> yeah, the beach ball explodes. If you hold it down just a little bit, it just pops up a little bit. You hold it down real deep for real long, it it explodes. Oh, I so love your that. emotions are never going to go away by resisting them and avoiding them Mm -hmm. they have to manifest and pop up somewhere so louise hay talks about you can heal your life by healing your emotions because your emotions another book who that um deals with this topic is called feelings buried alive never die yes oh i love that one so your body will manifest those emotions and even western medicine is coming up with oh you have cancer you know what you need as well as a, is Western treatment. You need to go work through counseling and start to forgive. Mm. Because we're learning that a lack of forgiveness and holding on to grievances manifests in the body as cancer. Mm. doesn't mean you're a bad person that you yeah. can't forgive. You probably weren't even aware that that was a situation because you mm-hmm. don't want to feel bad. Mm-hmm. You don't want to feel bad about other people. Mm-hmm. So we just ignore those things, but they actually are here to be dealt with. So feelings are so important, but our feelings fuel all of our actions. Mm, Yes. Right? Yes. And so actions, in fact, the reason we do what we do is so we can feel what we want to feel. Mm -hmm. The reason we do acro Mm -hmm. is so we can Mm -hmm. feel Mm -hmm. that emotion that acro brings, Mm -hmm. right? So feelings are so important, but if you want to wonder where your actions are coming from, why you do the things you do. You want to look at your feelings. You want to look at the thoughts. You want to uncover the thoughts that are creating those actions mm-hmm. for that you. Makes sense. So actions are not only what we do, they're also what we don't do. Our inactions are created by our feelings as well. Mm-hmm. So always our actions are leading to results in our life. So the results are the effects or the outcomes of our actions. Our actions are fueled by our feelings, and our feelings come from our thoughts. Now, when we were young and being raised, this is where the math didn't add up. We were raised, it's the circumstance that made me feel this way. Mm -hmm. It's the circumstance is why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's the circumstance of my, that has brought me my results. Mm -hmm. So we, that's why we try to look at the circumstance and change our husband and our Mm -hmm. children and our job and get more money and get thinner is because we think if we can change the circumstance, we'll feel better. Mm -hmm. We'll have the results we want. Mm -hmm. We will act in the way we want to act because that holds the power has nothing to do with me i am just the poor victim effect of these circumstances Mm -hmm. which you are giving away all your power when you think that way exactly Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. guess what everybody we're human beings and we're free to do whatever we want to do that's the gift of being a human Mm -hmm. so 
things happen, life happens, and people do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. How are we going to control any of it? We can't. Mm-mm. The only thing we can control is our thoughts. We didn't even know we were thinking about it. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know what our opinion was about it or what we perceived. We thought what we were thinking mm-hmm. was just the fact. Because we've been handed our thoughts. We've been handed our opinions. We've been handed our perspectives. They were given to us as we were raised by very well-meaning adults in society and unknowing peers. But we made agreements with these programs that we were, shall I say, from the four agreements, domesticated by. This is how we were taught to behave, how we were taught to get along in our society, how we were taught to you know, use this operating tool called a body mm-hmm. in the communities we live in. So depending on the time and place on the planet in the history, that programming is going to be completely different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So those can't be facts. So we can affect ourselves on these thoughts. So as a coach, my job is to show you your mind. My job isn't to get on your action line and give you advice of what to do. Mm-hmm. My job isn't to just validate your feelings or tell you, hey, let me get you some medication so you don't feel so much. Mm-hmm. Why don't you leave that marriage because you're unhappy? My job is to say, let's see what your thoughts are and let's show you your mind and how they're making you feel and what it's creating in your world. Mm-hmm. And then we get to process that over and over again in lots of different ways and show it in lots of different ways because I'll, send a, I'll, I'll spend a session and then I'll ask somebody when I think they've really got that it's their thought that's creating their actions and their results. I'll say, so tell me again, why do you feel depressed? And they'll say, another list of things. Hmm. Another list of circumstances. Yes. Okay. And st- or thoughts instead oh, of realizing oh. it's because of the way I've been thinking. Hmm. And that's kind of a fun little test I play after time to see, are we ready to go to another thought? Because everyone's hmm. like, if this is my thoughts, let's change my thoughts. Let's go. Hmm. If that's what's creating my feelings, okay, I won't eat that chocolate cake. Let's fix my thoughts. And I'm like, no, 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 we can't fix your thoughts. We can't swap thought to get a new feeling Mm -hmm. we can't put a sticky face on the circumstance and call it i'm happy now the point isn't to be happy the point is to be a human and the point is to feel what you're feeling and the point is to live the whole human experience the whole human experience is 50 50 50% things wanted and 50% things unwanted. If you're familiar with Abraham by Esther Hicks, you realize when you pick up the stick of a situation, you pick up the wanted side of it and the unwanted side of it, Mm -hmm. right? All of our dreams have a wanted and an unwanted. Let's talk about kids, right? (laughs) Yes. You have the stick called you had a kid. You have the magic, the rewards, the joy, the, mm-hmm. the unbelievable love. And mm-hmm. then you have the unbelievable pain, mm-hmm. the unbelievable fear, the, the tantrums, the mm-hmm. this is its own person mm-hmm. just because I yeah. made it mm-hmm. doesn't mean yep. I can control it, right? So we have this, this 
wanted and unwanted of any topic. Mm-hmm. That's life. And you can't cancel out the unwanted part. No. And keep the good part. It's no, it's not even possible. It's part of life. Yeah. Didn't you tell me, I think you told me this, in some of your life coach training that you were, when you, you know, when I think Brooke Castillo said, it's usually about 50-50, you're feeling some negative feelings and positive and you're like I'm like 80 20 and she's like it's because you're not living then to your potential yes you must go out and risk more like you can live higher yes you might be living too much in your comfort zone yes if I you, feel that sometimes yeah if you feel like dude I don't even know what you're talking about my life is 90% awesome and 10% I usually say is safe for if somebody unexpectedly dies or has an accident but what I realize is the reason that is, is because I am way too comfortable. I've set up my life to be so comfortable, I'm clearly stagnating. Because I have got to raise the bar of my goals. I've got to raise the bar of my dreams. I've got to raise the bar of my expectations of myself so that I level up. I've got 50% problems now. Mm-hmm. And so because I took her challenge, I... Um, entered into a competition, which I swore I would never, 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 ever do because I was way too afraid, mm-hmm. right? And then what I realized is afraid is the cost of being proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And to be proud of myself, I have to do something I don't think I can do mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. And so there my problems all of a sudden became. Like I had to go work out in a studio by myself all alone while my friends and family were playing. I had to um, learn things that I wasn't good at yet. I had to stretch my body and my mind and be creative and do all these things to, um, that I had to deal with that were the unwanted part, but the growth that came from that little experience, which felt huge to me. Yeah, and I just constantly have to keep up leveling that. That's why goals are so important. And so now I'm going to talk about how we use this model. It's so beautiful because we have to realize the circumstance gave us our... We have a thought about the circumstance. Mm-hmm. So like, get, let me give you a little example. Um, let's say when we were born or when we were raised, let's say you are five and I'm your teacher and you come up to me crying, and I say to you, Tara Lynn, what is wrong? And you say, Joey, making up a name, Joey hurt my feelings. And I said, what did Joey do? He said, I have ugly hair. What? Let's go talk to Joey. And we march on over to Joey, and I say, Joey, you hurt Tara Lynn's feelings. And he said, I didn't do that. And I said, yes, you did. What you said hurt her feelings. Now apologize so she can feel better. And of Mm -hmm. course, little kids know instinctually in their beautiful guidance system that they can't be bad. But we're trying to tell him he's bad because Mm -hmm. he did something we think is bad. Mm -hmm. So Let's take the drama out of this and do this all over again under this new model. Because what I've inadvertently, unawaringly, without a word, (laughs) taught you is Joey is responsible for your feelings and what you're feeling is bad and we need to fix it. But only Joey can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't have any power. That's what we've been taught. That's why Mm -hmm. I say you think that your circumstances have created your feelings. 
Mm-hmm. But it hasn't been that because what if I said to you, Terilyn, what did you, you come crying to me and I say, Terilyn, what are you feeling? Now I'm teaching you to go and def- understand that you're having a feeling. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm sad. Okay, Terilyn, why are you sad? I'm sad because Joey said I have ugly hair. I'm using this because no one would look at you and say you have ugly hair. It's perfect. <laughs> I love this example though because as parents, we use... We deal with hurt feelings all the time yes. with our children. So this is so glorious. Yeah. I'm loving this. Okay. So what I would so. say to you is, I would say, Joey said you have ugly hair. Guess what? That's a fact. If there were a movie camera, we would be able to see in here. He said, Terilyn has ugly hair. Mm-hmm. And I would say... It's not a fact. You're not saying it's a fact that you have ugly hair. No. You're saying it's a fact that Joey said that. Joey said, okay. you have ugly hair. Yes. Okay. And mm-hmm. I would say, well, Terilyn, what do you think? What do you think about what he said? Play Terilyn. What mm-hmm. do you think about Joey saying you have ugly hair? Well, if I was five, I'd probably be like, no, I have beautiful hair. I exactly. loved my hair when I was five. Right? Because when you're little, you just love yourself. You accept yourself exactly as you are. You know your value. You know you are worthy. You know you are perfect mm-hmm. until you're taught differently. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you would say, no, I don't think I have ugly hair. And I would say, yeah, how does that feel? And you'd be like, I feel good. Pretty great. Yeah, pretty great. What if it was, I do think I, maybe say you're in fourth grade and you do feel really self-conscious about your hair because you can't grow it out long like your friends. So in that so situation, if say, I said, yes, I do think I have ugly hair, then what would you and say? And then I would say, well, how does that thought feel? Oh, and you'd say bad. I'd say bad. Yeah, i say, why would you choose to think that thought about your hair? Because it feels bad. Do you want oh. to feel bad? Interesting. And it's okay if you want to feel bad, uh-huh. but your bad feelings aren't because you have ugly hair. Or because Joey said that. Yes, your bad feelings are because you mm. thought, I want my hair to be different than it is. Mm. And you can choose out of a million trillion gazillion thoughts that exist mm. in the world. Mm-hmm. What do you want to think about your hair? Mm. What if you wanted to think, I love my hair while it's growing out. Mm-hmm. My hair isn't red, but I sure do like it being brunette. Mm-hmm. My hair has got some super fun curls. Not everybody has curls like mine. Mm-hmm. My hair yes. is wild. It's not even tameable. Mm-hmm. It's like a lion's mane. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have... There is no limit. So many options. To the thoughts you can think. It sounds like you're kind of saying... Because I think Byron Katie always says this. You can't force a thought. You're, it sounds like how you're describing it. It's almost like you're trying on thoughts and seeing how they feel. Yes. Right? Like, that's I like this. That's a perfect way to say it. I don't like that one. Let's try on Just yeah. try on a different one. Because you can't, like, hammer yourself into, like, I will think this thought. Right. You're just trying them on. You're trying on thoughts. And what Byron <sighs> Katie realizes is that sometimes when you flip a thought upside down like a pancake, like, you would say, I don't like my hair. I would say, what, what if we tried on the thought, I love my hair? Like, just flip mm-hmm. it upside down. And you'd mm-hmm. be like feels good but I don't believe it but is it closer to the truth than you don't like your hair Mm -hmm. and when you introduce your brain to a thought your brain always wants to be right Mm -hmm. so it will find more and more evidence Mm -hmm. to prove that it's right it's like this weird lawyer 
that can jump either side of the case, mm. right? So if I say, so I have ugly hair, my brain will be on the search. It will have ugly hair glasses that it wears, and it will be looking everywhere for other people to agree with my opinion. Mm. I will find magazines where people don't have my hair. I will see other girls who have different hair and think, their hair is pretty because mm. it's not like my hair. Yes. And then yes. I will compare and despair and I will find split ends and I will find all the things wrong with it. But if I could try on the thought, I love my hair. And you not only try it on, you actually look at it. You're like, I love my hair. How can I find ways that I do love my hair? Mm-hmm. Well, I love that it's greasy and it makes me wash it every single day. <laughs> I love that it's dry, so I don't have to wash it every day. I mean, Mm -hmm. seriously, you can prove anything. Mm -hmm. You can prove Mm -hmm. any thought Mm -hmm. because it's just an opinion. I love that. I love the phrase, Brian Katie, who says, who would I be if I couldn't think that thought? And you're almost trying on that feeling of like, oh, I feel liberated. I feel so much. For me, it's almost always free. Always. When I try on the thoughts and think if I couldn't think a thought, it's almost... I mean, there's exceptions to that. Sometimes it's loved, but oftentimes for me, it's free. If I couldn't think that limiting thought, I would feel free. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm loving this example. Can you tell me then, so what about Joey in this situation? How can we teach our children compassion? Because although I do believe that we are responsible for our own emotions, we also live, I also believe in living and treating people with love and kindness. And I purposefully don't try to hurt people's feelings. And I want to make sure I'm teaching my children. How can I teach them that kindness? Like for me, how I look at it is I just treat people with kindness because that's who I want to be. Yes. Not because I'm responsible for their thoughts necessarily yes. or their emotions. So do you have anything to explain that? What in this situation, what do you do with Joey? And if, so, especially if Joey's our kid, you know, he's the one right. telling people they have ugly hair. Totally. So <laughs> even if is, he thinks it, yeah. you know, cause sometimes you do see something and you're like, I don't like that. I'm going to say it. I don't know. What do and you think? let's start from Tara Lynn's perspective. Like, she's still in this, like, now I think that Joey doesn't like me. So let's keep on having our conversation. And I would say, Tara Lynn, why did Joey say that to you? If you have beautiful hair, why did he say that to you? Maybe he doesn't like red hair or right. brown hair. Are there some things? Well, that, let's go with my hair. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't like brown hair. Okay. Are yeah. there some things in life that you don't like? Yes. Let's say there is a gorgeous, juicy peach on the tree. And some people really love peaches. But, and I'm assuming I know you don't like a peach, right? Let's say I'm familiar. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, I don't like peaches. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is it the peaches yes. problem that you don't like yes. peaches? Or is that still a juicy, beautiful, perfect peach that somebody would love to eat? Or other people, hmm, they don't quite like mm-hmm. peaches. Yes. Which is liberating. What you're telling you're saying right now is it's right. okay for not everybody to love us. Yes. Which is kind of hard when you consider yourself a likable person. Yeah. It's hard not to what? be offended when people don't like you. On this but planet, it's okay not people to. People are going to not like it's you. It's true. I'm, Let's not try to change true. their opinion. Yeah. I'm not everybody's favorite flavor of yeah. sauce. It's fine. Exactly. What else could Joey might have said that about? Why else might he say that about your hair? Have you ever said something mean I'm not saying he said something mean but have you ever said something that wasn't nice to somebody else of course why when did you do that usually because I'm feeling something myself yeah we say 
usually our actions come from our feelings. So Mm -hmm. if I feel bad, I usually say things to make other people feel bad. Yeah. Because I feel bad. It's not because I'm telling the truth. It's because I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. And when I'm hurting, I hurt other people. I don't mean to do that. I'm not actually have the power to hurt them. They get to decide if it's hurtful. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in pain, it's just kind of like when your cat is in pain. It has a thorn in its hand. And it's in pain. And you're trying to help it. And it keeps trying to scratch you Mm -hmm. because it doesn't know you're trying to help it get out of pain it's Mm. just trying to protect itself it's just lashing out because it's hurting okay guys we're going to take a break and come back and robin is going to actually take a problem i am having right now in my own personal life and walk me through the model so you guys can have an example of what this looks like on a day-to-day basis When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back, and I have a personal situation that Robin is going to coach me through. It's something I've mentioned to you guys a lot, and I think it actually applies to a lot of parents, and because I keep like dealing with it, it keeps coming up, I'm hoping, Robin, you can help me find some more permanent peace on the subject. <laughs> so where do you want me to start? Okay, so tell me the situation and what you're feeling. The situation is with parenting, I find fear. I guess, sorry, that's not the circumstance. No, you don't have to. You just I don't have to clarify what's You talk and I do my job. Okay. So Robin has a piece of paper in front of her. And so if you're doing this for yourself, you'd just be kind of journaling this out. Yeah, this is perfect. So you can do this with yourself. What I'm trying to get from Terilyn is a thought download, right? I'm going to get her thoughts on the situation and I'm going to write out some of the sentences that she says in her brain to me because her thoughts are all just sentences in her head. I'm going to write those down as I go. Not all of them, but some key ones. And so you could do this at home. You'll be like, a lot of times I like to start my thought download because we really want to know what our negative thinking are. Positive mm-hmm. thinking, thinking that's working for you, serving you, keep it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the negative programming. So I always like to start like, I'm like, I don't know what to write. I'll say, what's the problem? Hmm. What okay. could you change and make it different if you could wish anything? Okay. You know, what, what, what is it? What's wrong? Sometimes I'll say, what's wrong, love? Mm-hmm. Just start from there. Okay. But you already have okay. a situation. I love it. So... Yes. So mine is that I find myself with my kids. Um, I want to freeze them where they are. Like I'm at a really good stage right now. I don't have babies. I love babies. I mean, I love them, but I'm like feeling really free. We can go on adventures as a family and my youngest is three. So he can actually like walk on his own. And my oldest is 11. So she still thinks I'm cool and still likes to be with me. But I find myself so So the circumstance itself is great, 
But my problem is that I find myself having what Brene Brown calls foreboding joy, whereas I, I feel this feeling of like, but it's going to change. They could die. They could get sick. They're going to grow more. Like I can't freeze them. I see little bits of like my daughter will say things. She start like saying things where I'm like, oh, that sounds like a little bit of sassy teenager coming in. And then it makes me afraid that we're not going to be able to keep our connection as she grows into her teenagerhood. Or I'll see my son. I'm giving you actually, this is probably too big of a circumstance, but, or my son. And I get worried that what if I'm not teaching him discipline enough with chores? And so then I go into full-blown fear like, what if he's going to grow into a man who doesn't, isn't disciplined enough? You know what I mean? Because like my other ones just do it and him, I have to push a little more. So anyway, that is actually a lot. This is probably too big of a circumstance, but mainly the main problem is I find myself in moments of joy at this stage. I am afraid for the future that I'm going to lose connection or that it won't be, it won't get better. Like I'm afraid that it's, what if it just gets worse from here? You know, I hear people say things like, oh, it just keeps getting better. And I think to myself, is that true? Because this is pretty great. Like, I don't know if it can. Although then I look back on my life up till this point and well, no, I'm just blabbing now. There are some things that were way harder than I ever expected them to be. And I'm glad I didn't know. <laughs> and then there are other ways that it has just gotten better. So I don't know. And maybe it's just the fact of life. Maybe this is just, I don't know. But that's my problem. I'm feeling well, fear and I don't love... I recognize that fear is a part of life and I'm okay with feeling it, but I still find myself, it's, I feel like it's robbing me of my present moment joy more often than I would like it to. That's probably the more succinct version. I'm tired of it taking away moments of joy. Mm. Okay, this is really good thought download. So what I like to do first is I like to go through some of these sentences I've written down and I want us to play this game called let's separate the sentences thoughts from facts okay Okay? so let's start with this one um I want to freeze them is that a fact or a thought a thought because I wouldn't actually choose to freeze them if I could exactly isn't that interesting Mm -hmm. um I'm in a good stage right now is that a fact or a thought um, I want to say fact, but it's really a judgment on the situation, which would be more a thought, right? It's definitely a thought. Does that thought serve you? Yes. Does it? That it, I'm in a good stage? I think so. Does it not? I don't know. I think it does because it makes me feel grateful for what I have right now. Right. That's mm-hmm. good. So each thought you could try on because you could think I'm in a good stage right now and it's going to change. Mm-hmm. And that kind of is where that leads you to that foreboding joy. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because it sounds like a really pretty thought. Mm-hmm. I'm in a good stage right now. Unless mm-hmm. you're making that mean mm-hmm. that in the future, like I'm in a good stage right now. When you say right now, it's almost like you do want to freeze time. Mm-hmm. That the next stage isn't going to be good. That's what's making it's, this stage good. It, oh. it has an underlying meaning that mm-hmm. you're giving it. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Huh? Yes. Okay. Um, she thinks I'm cool. Is that a thought or a fact? I feel like on all these, I'm wanting to say fast. <laughs> I know. Isn't it great? Because <laughs> I think she does think I'm cool, but can you prove that in a court of law with no by neutral? No. It's just thoughts. 
Well, it's me guessing her thoughts, which exactly. is not very accurate. You never know anything about anybody else. Mm-hmm. But this thought sure does feel good. Mm-hmm. Do That's you know true. you can access that thought anytime you want? <laughs> That's true. You're making it That's up. That's true. That's true. You can say this your whole life. Uh-huh. She can be 17 and I can still tell myself that. Yep, 100%. <laughs> and if you, if you really believe that... Don't you see how you would act differently? Mm-hmm, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so you guys know, when I say cool, I don't mean like popular cool. I mean like she likes being with me. Yes, you exactly. Know? And yeah. you can totally say you're popular yeah. cool too. <laughs> <laughs> she is going to be a sassy teenager. Is that a factor? Oh, that's a thought. A painful thought. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid for the future because I'm going to lose connection. Things are only going to get worse. Thought. Thought. Very sad thought. Right. And um, my fear is that there's going to be change for sure. They're going to get sick. They're going to die. Eventually. That is a fact, right? That we all die. Well, that they die is going to be a fact. But that I'm but afraid. But my fear of, is that it's going to be sooner than right. later. I mean. That's true. That's just a thought. Yeah. It is just a thought. And it's a thought that was given us. Lots of lots of cultures celebrate death. They think this is the hard part. Hmm. I think this is the play part. But, you know, we all have different opinions about things. Mm-hmm. So that is a thought. Um, and even robbing, um, these fears robbing me of my presence. Is that a fact or a thought? <sighs> That's just a thought because you can live presently with fear just as you can with joy. So it's really not robbing anything if I just feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And if you can recognize I'm in the foreboding joy right now, that's beautiful. That awareness, as soon as you see it, like you were saying before, as soon as you see it, you know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And you can make a choice. Oh, here I am taking myself out of the present of what is now. And I'm, I'm imagining a future a bleak future that's that's taking away my joy. Oh, I see what I'm doing here. Mm, mm-hmm. And I get to choose. Yeah. I get I to choose that. what I'm going to focus on. Mm-hmm. All these thoughts are completely optional. Mm-hmm. And of course, they make perfect sense. I think you're right. Most of your listeners have fed, uh, felt these things before. For sure. Okay. So when you said to me, the problem is that you're afraid for losing the connection and things are going to somehow get worse. You're going to have this less connection as your kids get older. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. Have, what we want to do is we want to get specific and we want to find a circumstance. So can you think of a time where you actually thought this? Like, what happened? That I was afraid of losing connection? Yeah. Was it uh, something happened? Was it just a thought? Was it watching somebody else? Um, okay. The most recent time I felt it was we were doing, so right now with quarantine stuff, we do church at home and I think it's so great with my kids. It's so precious. And I thought to myself how sad it is that, you know, we sometimes invite Jeff's parents and my parents over, but we hadn't this time. And I was feeling bad that like one day I'm going to be a grandparent and I won't get to see like this day to day, like cuteness of little kids in my house that's when I felt that and as I say that I mean my the grandparents have wonderful relationships with grandkids I was just feeling like this mourning loss of I won't have day-to-day connection with my kids oh I'm gonna cry and they won't be little you know (laughs) like I can't like 
because like I look at you know like I still give my parents hugs but I don't like smother them with kisses and snuggle with them you know that'd be weird and so that's the most recent time I felt it that I was like oh I won't have this like daily just cuteness all the time with me I'll have to like go to effort to see them it just won't be there all the time right so that's what made me feel like so it felt like a future loss of connection just because they won't be in my house you know so. I'm like feeling really emotional about this. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. So I'm going to say the church at home was the circumstance. Yeah. You're having a church at home. You had the thought, I won't have this day-to-day connection with them forever. And what did that make you feel? What was the emotion that it brought up? I mean, obviously. What are you feeling right now? Obviously, I'm blowing my eyes out. <laughs> what is it that you're, emotion um, that you're feeling? It feels like grief grief okay so let's look at this what do you do when you feel grief because you're going to lose this connection with your children someday what are the actions that follow uh, well then it it does take me away from feeling the joy of them right now what else it also this is a good thing, but it does make me feel a lot of love and gratitude that I do have them right now. So interesting, because when you're thinking, I won't have day-to-day connection with them and you're feeling grief, that has different actions than grateful. Mm-hmm. So what happened mm-hmm. is you just went to a different thought model. Oh, okay. Interesting, huh? <laughs> so it's easy to do. So the uh-huh. reason we want to say specific is we want to see what this thought and this feeling creates in our life. Okay. So Mm. kind of going back to that feeling of grief. What other feelings or what actions? No, what actions, yeah. What actions? Do you want to cling or do you want to let go? I want to cling. Yeah. Does it make you feel closed or does it make you feel open? Closed. Clinging closed. Does it inspire you or does it make you feel fear? Fear. Yeah. What else? What do you not do when you feel grief in this situation? Um, I probably don't smile as much. Mm. Although I'm still doing the clinging, like I pull them in physically, but it's more of a fearful clinging, which is going to feel different to them than a open, joyful, loving kind of clinging. Because there's a lot of lot of hugging that's going on in our house, but it probably feels different to them. Yeah. And I'm going to write this down on the board so people can see this church at home. And the thought is, um, what did I write down? I won't have day-to-day connection. And the feeling was grief. And then what I like to do is I like to spend a lot of time in the action line. Because when we can really get how our thought affects us, how we show up, how we don't show up, what we do, what we don't do, this really informs us. Mm -hmm. So I put one sentence, Mm -hmm. one word for an emotion, and then fill up the action line. So Mm. some of these things we had, um, take me out of the moment. 
and we had um, cling, needy. Um, so you're kind of in your head, you're thinking this, but you're actually communicating it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not smiling. What is there other things your body language would say? Not that I can think of. Okay. No. Um, you said you feel closed. Can you think of any other actions that happen? No, I can't. Okay. I'm sure there are, but I can't think of any. Okay. So then what do you think the result of this thought and this feeling and all these actions? You're sitting there with your kids, having this perfect moment. You're feeling so much joy and you're now out of the moment because you're like, oh, but someday this is all going to change and I'm going to lose this connection. So now you feel like, I just want time to freeze. Everything's so good right now. Kind of insinuating that mm-hmm. it won't be good mm-hmm. that good later. Yeah. And your body showing that. You're feeling more closed. You're feeling you're not smiling anymore. You're probably not interacting in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what do you think the result for you is? I'm probably losing connection, which is the fear to begin with, because <laughs> I'm not actually connecting. I'm living in the future because yes. I'm not living right now. If I'm living right now, there actually is no grief. It's a future hypothetical grief. Okay. That's amazing, That's right? Of- <laughs> kind of funny i know it's so interesting yes this seems so sweet this thought is so sweet seeming it feels so loving yeah but do you see what it puts you through mm-hmm. and maybe even the the effect it has on your family what do you mm-hmm. think this effect would have on your family mm-hmm. in that moment yeah well you're if not, i'm doing it all the time it wouldn't you're not connecting yeah what what how else are they feeling the effects of this well, and I'd probably be teaching them, if I was doing this a lot, even though I'm not saying the words, they're going to feel like life can only get worse because this part is so great. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like when we, I mean, te- people have such a story about teenagers, right? They just assume all these things about teenagers. But um, at some point, I remember with my daughter when she became 16, I remember that exact thing we were talking about, just this red hot feeling in one moment. And I was like, whoa, like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. I was so mad instantaneously. And I went into the shower and I thought, I remember what this is like being 16. I know what she's going through. I've been there before. I loved this time of life. Mm -hmm. This was so new and so exciting and so scary and so dramatic and so crazy and what did I need when I was 16 and I was like I just wanted to be known I already knew what my parents thought I already learned what I should and should not do I had the program I just wanted to be known I remember Mm -hmm. telling my mom something about myself that was so exciting for me and I remember her having so much fear and having so much concern and she didn't mean to, but it shut me down because I realized, oh, this isn't just sharing an experience with her. Mm-hmm. This is her now telling me what to do and what not to do, what to think and what not to mm-hmm. think. And it, it, it was, she didn't know me from that day on. Mm-hmm. 
So I remember making a decision. I am here to love her and know her. And I want her to feel safe to share everything with me. Mm-hmm. And the only way that's going to work is if I let her be her. And I just love her. And I just, that was my result line. I love my daughter unconditionally. And I'm just here now as someone who accepts her. I want her to have what I wished I would have had. Mm-hmm. That made it so much easier, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that we have this fear about our teenagers, but we create so much of what we're afraid of because we're trying to control them. We're trying to manage them. We're trying to make them think a certain way. We're trying to make them act a certain way. We're trying to make them feel a certain way. We're trying to call their friends so their friends behave well. Mm -hmm. We're trying to manage their model. Mm -hmm. And there's a point when they're littles that definitely you have to put up some guidelines. But after some time, you have to realize that they have to be in charge of their own model. Mm-hmm. And yeah. hopefully you've taught them, and you're never done, mm-hmm. hopefully you've taught them that this is the situation, their thoughts, and you've role modeled them how to how to manage our life and our results with our thoughts hmm. and how to be accountable for our own feelings mm-hmm. and how to make our results from here mm-hmm. well I love it that this is so apparent to me now that I'm literally when I'm feeling it I'm creating what my fear is Absolutely. it's like this it's like you might as well take this and flip them uh-huh. and that's what you can do I could ask you once you saw that this was your thought and this was the results you were creating we could turn this oh, this is so fun because I can actually flip this if I have enough room we can actually turn the same exact circumstance and we can start from the result, and I could say to you, okay, Terilyn, in the same exact feeling, because we get to replay this, right? Mm-hmm. You always get a do-over. So now you have this foreboding joy, and all these results happen. Mm-hmm. We can still start over. So what is the what is the way you want to feel in this church-at-home moment? Connected. Connected. What would you do if you felt connected? I would... Are you saying that, like, if those thoughts come, what am I going to do with those thoughts? Or am I just choosing my own new thoughts? Now we're going to have an intentional model. Now you get to decide the hmm. thoughts. I'm you get to decide how you feel. Joy. Joy. Instead. Okay. So connected or joy because we get... Okay. Connected. Connected. Okay, that's the feeling you want to have. Okay. And so we get to go up and down this model however we want. But sometimes I like to start with the feeling because mm-hmm. we always do everything for a feeling. Yeah. And then see what that actions would inspire. Mm-hmm. So what would you do when you feel connected? Um, I would pull them in mm. and snuggle with them, but from an open space instead of a closed space. And smile. So the action of pulling them in, the physical action would be the same, actually. But the one I'm feeling on the inside would be a lot different a and lot would feel different. different to them. Yes. How would it feel to them? What is your um, guess? I think it would feel joyful and warm. And maybe free. Free, yeah. Right? Because when people are responsible for our feelings, it does mm-hmm. not feel free. Yeah. It feels like a lot of burden. Yes. And I don't want them to feel like growing up is a bad thing for them either that they're 
Yeah. <laughs> they just feel bad about it because it's going to make yeah, me sad. Totally. You know? Yeah. I love it. You'll feel joyful. They'll feel joyful. You'll feel free. They'll feel free. Mm-hmm. I love that. I almost wonder if you would, um, if you would, one of the actions would be um, <laughs> uh, expectation. of more joy Mm -hmm. right you're Mm -hmm. expecting that no matter how old they get you are just going to have more and more of a deeper connection isn't it different how when you expect you kind of you know Mm -hmm. so you could literally have your actions could be your words oh my gosh my kids and I we're going to be close forever the teenage years are going to be the best ever I can't wait for you to be a teenager I totally remember what that was like like your words your um everything would say this is my expectation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that and that's just as probable as what I'm afraid of absolutely so why not choose that one exactly I like you're that. gonna create the result either way mm-hmm. whatever you decide to think mm-hmm. okay so let's find this ding 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 and we can try different thoughts on till we find the one that Ah, oh, that feels right. That feels like I'm connected. That so feels like that would motivate these. So actions. the thought that would do it. Yeah. I okay. I'm just brainstorming here, but I feel like my my phrase on my download there that felt like a positive thought, but then on deeper analysis was actually causing me pain. It was that I am in a good stage right now. Um, because again, it sounds good, but you're right. The way I was saying it is saying because other stages won't be as good. Mm-hmm. So perhaps it could be. All of life is a beautiful stage. Mm. Or something like that. They'll like it. Well, what if we just flip that around? All stages of their life are beautiful, are going yes. to be beautiful. Yes. And I love that because you get to sit in church at home and be like, this stage is so amazing. Like there's no there's no um limit there. And you're not like looking forward to a future that's not going to be. It's like this mm. stage is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Every stage is so amazing. It always has been. It always will be. Mm. Yeah. Even and even as you're saying that, because I'm thinking, but what about the really hard stages that I've been through that have been so hard? But even in those moments, even in those difficult stages, there are still moments of overwhelming love and connection and beauty. So even in what you consider a hard stage, there's still beauty there. There is. Always. So that is a truthful statement. Yeah. Remember that pick, that thing you pick up that has the 50% unwanted and the 50% wanted? Mm-hmm. It's going to be every stage of life. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yes. I love yes. that. That feels really good. Okay. That's so fun. So you're saying, I love this. So we thought download. We write up the model, circumstances, thoughts. Feelings, actions, and results. We write down what's currently happening. The unintentional Starting with the circumstance or what you're feeling and going whatever direction. Once we can see it clearly, then you're saying we choose. You can start anywhere you want, but I did like how you had me start. At what feeling do I want? And then building out from there. Yeah. And that's how we apply the model in our lives. Yes. That any of us can do at any time. Anytime. And I love to do this every day, do a thought download and then do two models, an unintentional model. Like, and, and the only part you skipped is after you see all these sentences, write a T or an F oh, alongside of them I because did that. it's always 
every single thought you had was like, are you sure that's not a fact? <laughs> it's really good to educate your brain. Mm-hmm. And then pick one of these thoughts in and fact, do a little unintentional model. <laughs> in fact, guys, I'm looking at this notebook that she has. They were all thoughts, even the ones I thought were facts. <laughs> it's <laughs> but very there hard are to sometimes. find a fact. Unless he said, um, he said this. Yeah. She actually took that or did that. Yeah. Those are facts. Okay. Right. I love that. Yeah. So thought download, label each statement with thought or fact next to it. Then choose the one that's resonating the most. Maybe the one that's causing the most pain. Yes. Do the unintentional model, then the intentional model. And you would want to start with your intentional model, unintentional model. You've got to get really clean circumstance line. Yeah. Got to get that started usually the first. And then when you do your intentional model, you can start from what result do I want? Mm-hmm. How do I want to act? What feeling do I want? Or I already know the thought I should, I would want to have. And you can just fill in those lines. Top to bottom, bottom to top, middle to down, up, whatever. I love it. And find that mantra, that thought, the cause. Oh, yeah, I love it. Well, I'm feeling more free already. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> I'm so, so happy to do this. Okay, well, tell us, um, wrapping up. First of all, where can people find you if they are wanting some more clarification on the model or if they'd like to become one of your clients? Okay. Most of my clients come from word of mouth. So I don't have a website up or anything like that or even a Facebook page. I'm soon going to. But the best way to find out how to get a hold of me and work with me is to call me or text me on my phone number. It's 801 Five two nine five eight eight five. I'll repeat that in a minute if you want to write it down. And I'll write it down also include it in our show notes. Perfect. Yeah. You will always get a free first session with me so you can find out if I'm a good fit for you and if you feel comfortable so there's no obligation. There's no, um, you know, you can just check it out. You've got nothing to lose but maybe an hour of your time. But I promise you, I promise you, it will be worth your while. I love it. Okay. Excellent. We'll all include, I love it that you're guys, she's giving you her phone number. This is amazing. <laughs> um, and I'll make sure I include that. And I'll also include it in our email. If you sign up for our email list as well. Uh, then the last question, Robin, that we always ask is what is one habit that you have that is a game changer and helps you every day find the magic in your life? Mm, so there are so many, but one of my game changers is that I listen to some kind of inspirational something, a book, a podcast, a YouTube, a teacher, um, whatever. I, if I don't listen to music unless I need to like meditate or something like that in the car or when I'm getting ready or when I'm driving or when I'm doing the dishes or anytime I can, I will be ingesting, consuming things that are going to create a new program for me. And so I am very conscientious that I have old programming and I want to replace it with new programming. And that takes time. These concepts that I've taught you, they sound really good, but they go away really quickly unless you keep plugging those concepts into your brain over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. Belief systems come from a thought you've thought over and over again and repetition is what makes it stick. Mm -hmm. So I always want to be ingesting things that are of the same evolved thinking. How to find more unconditional love, how to understand myself and other people better, how to connect, how to be more curious, how to learn. So I am always, always a student. I will never stop learning. Amen. (laughs) I love that. That's pretty much how I feel about all of life. I know. (laughs) We're twins. (laughs) 
Okay, I love it. I feel like the beauty that we have living when we live is we have the chance to rub shoulders with our minds, you know, like metaphorically, with the most amazing thinkers of all the ages in our car. I mean, what what amazingness. You don't have to be with them. You don't have to know them. You don't... As long as they have been able to write something down, yes, and they, you can plug their brain and just download it right into yours and run it's that so program cool. instead, especially if you find that it just ignites and lights your heart on fire. It's for you. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Well, that's pretty hard to beat that habit. Thanks so much, Robin, for You're being welcome. on with us. Thanks so much for having me. I just love you, Terlyn. Brown cows. <laughs> <laughs>